0: Jesus, we thank you that you are our God and we are your children. Thank you for your grace and your goodness in our lives and our world. Help us know the freedom that we have according to your goodness, according to your power loose in our lives. Help us experience your great, amazing Awesome grace this morning. We ask that you would temper our hearts and our minds and our spirits with both grace and truth as we seek to be the people you desire us to be. We ask this in your precious, your holy, and your powerful name. Amen. I invite you to have a seat and once you check out the screen. You gotta turn away, turn away. Turn away. Turn to turn to your way, turn the out. what are you going Alright, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Hope you had a great 4th of July. Lots of fireworks, lots of fun. Uh, We are excited today. Uh, We're celebrating not only 4th of July, but today is the last of the Toxic series. So next week we're going to start a new series, FYI, heads up. It's going to be a shout out to you ladies. It's the Wild Women of Summer. So you're all going to come back for that because now you're all like, what? Yes, it's the wild women of summer. So we're going to be checking out uh, women from the scriptures, and we're going to be doing that for a number of weeks coming up. But today, we are kind of concluding, we're finalizing our series on toxic, and we've been engaged, we've been walking through this now for a couple of weeks, right, about toxic. And uh, for, for those of you, if you're new, if you're visiting with us this morning, if you're a guest here, uh, we've been walking through this idea of toxic, that there are toxic Realities to our world that there are there are these these toxins that seep into our lives and, and they mess things up and they get they make things kind of kind of sickly and our lives can take on some sickness some brokenness and they can they can be kind of hazardous our lives can be hazardous because there's all sorts of toxic uh, uh, realities in our world toxic thinking toxic influences right and today. We're finishing it in a really great way because we're going to be really honest this morning about toxic religion. Toxic religion. I've been loving the videos so far, but this video is probably one of my favorites because how many of y'all seen that guy on the corner, blowhorn man, shouting and screaming and jumping up? Right? You've all seen that. You've all experienced that. And the reality is that there is in our world that even religion... Even religion can become and be influenced by toxic forces in, in our world. And so it's important for us to gather and to examine and, and to, to navigate what, what creates toxins that seep into our religion. And, and since we have been entrusted, we have the freedom to, to, to exercise our religion because of this country that we are blessed and fortunate enough to be in. We have the ability and as such we have the responsibility to take our religion seriously and to guard against toxic influences seeping in and messing up religion. Because the reality is it happens. It happens a lot. Some of you probably, probably have experienced some nasty or toxic situations related to religion. So this morning we're going to look at it, we're going to burrow into it, and I've got to be honest with you, I'm going to speak about religion from my own lens, my own ability, out of my own faith tradition. I'm a Christian, I am a Christian, and so when I am talking about religion, I'm talking about my religion, it is the Christian religion, it's been around for a long time, it's tied to some other religions as well, but I just want to be clear that this morning, when we talk about toxic religion, I'm going to be talking about Christianity. And how even with Christianity, there are some really nasty, toxic things that can get into Christianity and mess it all up for everybody else. So, just to recap for you, this is how we're defining toxic. Toxic is anything containing poisonous material capable of causing serious sickness or even death. And so this is true even of religion that religion can drive people away, it can cause harm, it can be some really serious stuff, right? So, well, here's my premise today. My premise for you today is that religion, when we look at Christianity, when we look at religion, and if you're a Christian or if you're a non-Christian, you're going to understand this, you're going to see this, uh, because you've all experienced it probably. Watch this. Our religion becomes toxic when it loses both and. Both and and this is something that you know you just don't know that you know so i'm going to help you know it right now that, that in your conversation in, in when you're communicating with things when you're talking with people sometimes there are situations in life where are, there are two things that sometimes seem contradictory they seem like they're not compatible but they are actually simultaneously true Two things, they don't seem to get along, but they're actually simultaneously true. It is both and. It is both and. And the best way for me to give you an example is actually to share with you uh, the flip side to both and. The danger to both and is a three-letter word. But. But. Versus both and. And here's, here's what I'm talking about. You're all confused like crazy right now. Here's, here's what I mean. Listen to this. Sweetie, honey, you did great on your report card. You, you did great, but you didn't get an A. See, what but does, when you use it in the context of a situation or a context of a sentence, it basically negates everything that came before you. Right? I mean, that's really, what's the child going to remember? I didn't get an A. How about this one? Adults, you'll get this. Guys, you'll get this. Uh, uh, Honey, I love you, but you didn't take out the garbage. You've been nailed on that one? I have. I totally have. Guess what I remember from it? I didn't take out the garbage. Darling, you you, you look very nice in that dress, but... And I'm not even going to finish it because... That's too dangerous. That's too dangerous. You don't want to go there, right? I mean, that's just real. See, when you, use, when you use the word but, it effectively negates everything that came before it. So if you're in a situation where you affirm someone, but you also need to, to have some measure of correction, when you use the word but, it's negating the affirmation. It's negating the positive things. And so what's far more effective, what's far more powerful, is both and. The both and. And, and you, you experience this in Christianity to. You experienced that those were some silly examples. Here's the reality of our Christian faith. In Christianity, we have both grace and truth. We have both grace and truth. Not grace but truth. Not truth but grace. We have grace and truth. Full measures of both. 100% grace and 100% truth. Now, those are pretty churchy words. Those are pretty Christianese kind of words. And when I use those words, these, these are Christian words, uh, if, if you're not familiar with them, grace has to do with being forgiven. I mean, that's really what it's got to do with. Grace is when you make that mistake, you mess up, you got a broken reality, right? The truth is you made a mistake. The truth is you messed up you said something, you did something, you may not even meant to do it, but the truth is you did it. That's what truth is. Truth is we are broken people. The truth is that we make mistakes. That's the truth. Grace, grace is when we look at the truth and, and, and we overwhelm it We overwhelm our brokenness and our mistakes with love and forgiveness. The truth is, you weren't supposed to hit your brother, were you? You weren't supposed to hit your sister, were you? That's the truth. Grace is, I love you, I forgive you. I love you, and I forgive you. Christianity has both grace and truth. And the danger to Christianity, the, the fear of Christianity, is when we emphasize one or the other. When we use but. When we, when we delete grace in favor of truth. Or vice versa. We emphasize truth and we forget about grace. Here's a practical example for you. We're going we're to go down memory lane with Pastor Andrew. I hope that's okay. When I was, when I was a little goober... I couldn't do, I was, I'm not very coordinated when it comes to, like, athletics and sports. I ended up being a runner because I couldn't do anything else. It's like, here, run, because I couldn't, basketball, wasn't good at that, soccer, wasn't good at that, baseball, wasn't good at that. So mom and dad are, like, grasping at straws, like, well, he's got to do something. What is he going to do? Here's a golf club. Try that, right? So they gave me this little salt uh, set of, like, junior, like, little kitty golf clubs. You guys know what I'm talking about? Okay, like, two heads nodded. Well, good, I'll talk, okay. So you know what I'm talking about. It's, they're like really cute, and I got them. I was so proud, and I was so excited, right? Because my mom and dad had given me these golf sets. And now here's the rule, though: we would, we, me, and my brother, me, and my brother would go out. And we'd have our golf sets, and we'd go to our backyard. And my brother was just old enough to mow the lawn. I mean, it was like he, this was like his first summer ever mowing the lawn. And so we schemed the two of us that we were going to make our own little golf course. So he got on the mower and he dropped the blade all the way to the bottom. Yeah, you know where this is going, don't you? <laughs> he, he dropped the blade all the way to the bottom and he mows this little circle off the houses over here and he mows a circle over there and a dad comes out and woo! it was good. We killed a whole patch of grass. Let me tell you, it was him. It was all him, you know. But it, we, essentially speaking, we made this like little putting green. It was a putting green to us. It turned into a patch of dirt because we killed all the grass. So it was a very fast putting green. But it was a putting green for us. And we had our golf clubs, and, and Dad came out, and he's like, "Well, you killed the grass, bummer." But uh, so here's the rule, here's the truth. Here, if you're gonna, you know, here's what you got to do. If you want to, if you want to do this, that's okay. But here's what you got to do: when you hit your golf balls, you need to hit it towards the green. Walk over to the green, pick up your golf ball, and walk back. You do not hit the ball back towards the house. Right? That's the rules. That's the rules. You can hit it towards the green, but you're not allowed to hit it back towards the house. Yeah, sure, okay, dad, all right, no problem, cool, can't do. So me and my brother are out there, and we're just like, you know, we bring out like a whole bucket of these golf balls that we find in the garage, and we're just boom, boom, one after another, one after another. And we're having a grand old time. And then uh, I walk over to the, to the green, the green, and uh, more like the brown, and, and, um, and I'm sitting there, and I'm standing there, and I start, first I start like picking them up and walking them back, right? But let's just be honest. That's just not very fast. So then I start, like, kicking them as hard as I can to make it go faster, right? And then I just, like, you know, it would be really fast is if I just, you know, hit them back. That would be the fastest. So I got all these golf balls here, so I'm boop, 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 and I'm hitting them back. Where am I hitting them towards? The house, right? Ooh. So I'm hitting them back. No problem. So far, I'm good. I'm, like, in the clear, right? And then my brother says something to me, and I'm like, mid-swing. This is why you don't interrupt golfers mid-swing. This is what happens. I'm like, mid-swing, my brother says something, and I look up, and it goes like this. And the ball does not go towards our house. The ball takes a new trajectory. And uh, I learned what a slice is that day. And I sliced pretty hard, hard enough that it went flying towards the neighbor's house. And not only am I good enough to pinpoint my accuracy towards the neighbor's house, I actually managed to hit a window. Oh, yeah. There's, I mean, the the window's only like this big. I don't know how I did this, but, uh, you know, somehow. I hit a window. Window shatters. And I am in trouble right? So I I grab my golf club, and I'm running in the house. I must have looked like a maniac. I was just like, oh my gosh, I just broke my neighbor's window. I'm gonna die, right? And so I come screaming in the house, and I'm looking for my mom. I'm looking for my dad, and I find my mom. She's in the, she's, oh, I felt so bad for her in retrospect. Okay, you got to put yourself here. You have an eight-year-old wild kid whose hair is like all over the place. I had long hair. I had long hair, and I'm like running around with eyes open, and I've got like a golf club, and I'm running at mom, right? Mom's in a denim jumper from the 90s. Y'all remember those? Couple head nods. Yeah, don't. she's not here this morning. Don't tell her I told you that. She was in a denim jumper, and she was doing her hair. She was doing the curler, right? And she looks down, and there's this wild man standing there who's like eight years old with a golf club screaming, Mom! broke it! I broke the window! Right? In this moment, my mom had a serious choice. I mean, she really did. She had a really serious choice to be toxic or not. To exercise healthiness and goodness as it relates to her faith as a Christian person, as it relates to her child, she had a choice. She could have emphasized the truth. What's the truth? I did what I wasn't supposed to. My dad said, don't do that. He warned me about it. And guess what? I broke the window. I did. Not anybody else. I did. I broke the window. And so she could have come down hard on me. Ooh, she could have reamed me out. I could have got, you know, that would have been trouble. So she could have focused entirely on truth. Why did you do that? Don't you listen? What are you doing? Don't you get it? You broke the window. We told you not to do that. Or could have been all grace. Oh, that's okay, honey. Don't worry about it. We'll take care of that. That's not a problem. You just go play and have more fun. It's, it's no big deal. Things like this happen. She could have done that. And if she would have done that, I never would have learned the truth of my mistake and that there are consequences to my actions. And so I vividly remember on that day, I learned about truth and grace. Here's my paraphrase. This is what I remember. I told you not to do that. You broke the window. That's what happens. And she named it. She named the truth. She didn't avoid the truth. You messed up. You broke your neighbor's window. There will be consequences for that. And there were. And I love you. I care about you. I'm going to walk with you in this. I'm going to forgive you in this. Mom and Dad, we will help you pay for the window. You're going to have to replace it. But we'll be there for you and with you because we love you. You see, my mom exercised the fullness of grace and truth. And she protected against the toxic temptation of avoiding one or the other. And they did. I had to to write a letter to my neighbor I wrote a, wrote a letter. <laughs> I'm sorry, right? Dad walked me over there. He sat with me on their couch while I read the letter in tears. And we, I paid for it. And they, my mom and dad, fourteen dollars for a seven year old. That's a Lego set. That's big money. But I remember. I remember. I experienced the fullness of grace and truth because I went through that experience. I owned up to my mistakes, the truth of it, and yet I did it with my family support, blessing, and love. The fullness of grace and truth. Christianity becomes toxic when we emphasize one over the other, when we forget about grace or we forget about truth or we just kind of quietly sweep it under the rug, one or the other when we emphasize grace so much so that we leave off the truth, it turns the church into this. God loves you no matter what. So however you choose to live is A-OK. Don't worry about it. You're awesome. Everybody's going to heaven. You're a good person. And you don't need to change a single thing about your life because God accepts you just as you are. End of sentence. Now, there is some reality. This This is grace. God loves you. God cares about you. He accepts you just as you are. But if that's not tempered with the other part of our faith, if that's not tempered with with truth, it becomes toxic. It becomes destructive. It happened in the church way back when, like at the very beginning. We've been struggling with toxic religion for a long time. In the Bible, it talks about a specific church in Corinth. Corinth is a place in Greece. So there's this place in Greece, and this guy named Paul, who's a Christian, goes there, starts a church. He starts a church, and he says, God loves you, God forgives you, you guys, this is fantastic. And they convert, and they're like, wow, God loves us, I'm a Christian now. And Paul leaves. He figures everything's good. He leaves. But shortly thereafter, he learns about the the, the relationships that he had. Yeah, they're doing some not-so-cool stuff. These are Christians, and yet they're lying to one another. They're taking each other to court and suing each other. They're sleeping around. They're sleeping around and bragging about it. There's even one point where he yells at them because they, they, they have these potluck potluck dinners. Lutherans didn't create potluck dinners. Corinth had them. They have these potluck dinners where you get together and, and you share in, in the abundance that everybody has. And yet what started to happen over time was that the rich people sat over here and they wouldn't talk to or be part of the poor people's table. They wouldn't share with the poor people's table. And so Paul gets, gets word of this what's happening in Corinth that, that these people, what they're doing is they're saying, look, we're forgiven. God loves us no matter what, so we can behave any way we want. Isn't that what you said, Paul? We can do whatever we want. Paul writes back saying, no, it's both grace and the truth of living the way God desires you to live. It's both grace and truth. Emphasizing grace can leave us leading lives that displease God and are destructive to ourselves and one another. That's what happens when we emphasize grace. Now, the flip side is we can emphasize truth. This is the bullhorn guy, probably. I don't don't want to jump too quick, but you've probably seen that guy, we said, right? And this is what, what these churches kind of feel like. Maybe you bumped into this before. God loves you, but you have to behave a certain way in order to continue being loved. Here's a long list of do's and don'ts. Here's the rule book. Here's the qualifiers. Here's how you stay in the club. You've got to live this way in order to, to really be a Christian. You've got to do it like this. And they forget all about grace. And now there's some validity to this. God does want you to live a certain way for your own good. He has teachings that he passes along to us and through us. But when it becomes so emphasized, so out of whack, it becomes toxic, and all of a sudden you have toxic religion. This also happened in the, in, in the back of the day. It happened in the church of Galatia. This is modern-day Turkey. Same guy, Paul, goes to Turkey, starts a church there. And none of these people are Jewish, so he, he, he says, Hey, that's okay. I'm Jewish. I should tell you about Jesus. He saved you, too. He saved you. He loves you. And they're like, yeah, that's awesome. And then Paul takes off, goes to another place. Some Jewish persons come along and say, whoa, we hear you're Christian. That's so cool. We are too. Jesus is our Messiah. By the way, if you want to be Christian, that means you also have to be Jewish. you got to start... in Pork? No, 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 no. You're not allowed to eat pork anymore. It ain't the other white meat. No more food that you can enjoy you're not accustomed to that sorry comes with a package that's the rule oh by the way you got to worship like this you got to make pilgrimages like this you got to let your sanctuary look a certain way you got to behave like this oh and by the way if you're a guy you have to get circumcised and church attendance plummeted Woo! well the guy sat up straight saying excuse me i didn't know that was part of the deal because they were all about the rules And Paul has to write back saying, don't you know about grace? Don't you know about the freedom that we have in Christ? Don't you know that God loves you whether you're circumcised or not? Don't you know that whatever you eat, God loves you? Don't you know the fullness of both grace and truth? Emphasizing truth can leave us stuck following rules instead of being in an honest, open, and loving relationship with God. That's what happens. So it's a good question. Self-examination question. What do you emphasize? When are there times in your life when you tend to stress truth or stress grace? Do you have a leaning one way or another? I think most people do. Uh, and I think, actually, I think that that can be okay as long as we temper it. We have to be intentional about opening ourselves up to both, tr- both truth and grace. We have to learn from our heritage. We have to learn from the churches of Galatia and Corinth so that we protect our religion. And in protecting our religion, we protect the gospel so that people are not driven away by Jesus, so that Jesus isn't the boogeyman. But instead, Jesus is the way that life is really lived. It allows us to examine our relationship with our spouses, our relationship with our kids. In situations when they, when they, when they creep up and, they, and all of a sudden you're there, you can ask yourself, Am I exhibiting the fullness of both grace and truth right now? Because because that we make the mistake of sometimes not living the fullness of both, we do have the scriptures that teach us about this, and we also have the example of Christ himself. You see, the Bible is so good. The Bible is so smart. God knows what he's doing. He actually describes Jesus in a very special and particular way. If you have questions about where your heart is, look to Christ. Because in Jesus Christ, you will see the fullness of grace and truth. And the Word became flesh. That's a fancy way of saying God became a human. Jesus. And He lived among us. We have seen His glory The glory as of a father's only son. Read it with me, will you? Full of grace and truth. Our religion, our faith, and our lives, we fight against and we stand up to toxic forces. When we look to Jesus Christ... When we both believe in him and behave the way he wants us to. When we let our lives reflect the fullness of grace and truth that we find in him. Here's your homework. If you find in your life that you tend to drift one way or another, or if you're in a particular season where you, man, wow, I just feel like I'm really struggling with grace or I'm really struggling with truth. Read these. These are in the Bible. If you need a Bible, grab one on the way out. They're on the back tables. Take them with you. Use the table of contents and find these. They're also on the half sheet that you guys should have. In the half sheet, they're listed there. First Corinthians, that'll tell you about the church in Corinth. And then Galatians, that'll tell you about the church in Galatia. The last one is John 8. This is a story about Jesus if you want to really hear and know and experience the fullness of grace and truth, I invite you to read John chapter 8. And when you do it, look for grace, look for truth. Because in Jesus Christ, you will find both. Let's pray together. Jesus Christ, we thank you that you would want what's best for us in life, that you would choose to give us teachings, that you would choose to give us truth, and, 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 and you would name the truth, that we do make mistakes, we, we, we break rules, sometimes even on accident, we mess up, we're broken people. We name and acknowledge that truth and we confess our brokenness before you. We ask because you are merciful because you are good, because you have shown yourself to be so, that you would let your grace, your forgiveness, cover over our mistakes, that you would let your grace heal our relationships, that you would let your grace restore and overwhelm us. Help us be a people who exhibit the fullness of both grace and truth. We pray this in your precious, your holy name. Amen.